In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And on this stop of the mission, we got something hot off the presses. <laughs> yes, we do. Just premiering a few weeks. Has it been a few weeks at this point? A few weeks ago. It, it premiered in January. Yes, the Kenya Barris directed, Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill written, You People, starring Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and of course, Eddie Murphy. This mm-hmm. was the choice of Lynn Webb. But before we talk about You People and them people. Well, and speaking of you people, those people, I think it's a misnomer to say that it was my choice. <laughs> See, already with the disclaimer, because I have heard from almost every strata of missionary there is that we should talk about you people. That we should talk about you people. And you got to give the people, give the people, give what the they people want. what they want. So there you go. It's your choice, missionaries. That's right. I am enjoying these last few days of just doing this kind of like old school type of video thing, but I cannot wait until March 7th, ladies and gentlemen, Mm. Vincent and I will be broadcasting from our new studio, Manny Young Studios here in Philadelphia. I took Vincent there last week for a tour Mm -hmm. of the studio and Safe to say you came away from that impressed, Vincent? It, It is. I cannot wait for folks to see the new look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very nice space. Mm-hmm. Very nice space. Looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it as well. Although, as you said, I I, I do love our setup here. I know. I know. You yeah. like the hominess. I of know. It. I know you I know you're running around like Han Solo and Scotty, <laughs> but from Star Trek, but <laughs> Yes. As the man who gets to come in and sit down yeah. and pretty much oh, watch there, me. There you go. There you go. You love this. I, I do. I do. So the good thing about our new setup, I will be able to come in. Also, we can both sit and watch. And just sit and there watch. There you go. And just be like, is my light on? Is my light on? Yes. <laughs> which, which camera am I which, which camera? talking to? Right, 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 right. I think you follow the red light. Exactly. I think you follow the red light. So. so I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, but that'll be coming up in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Before then, Vincent and I, next week, we are actually going to be... At Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Oh, that is next week, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, Uh, Lord. For a screening of a warm December, Tuesday, February 28th at 7 p.m. in Bryn Mawr, PA. Vincent and I will be there to host a nice little talk back to that film, which we will also be reviewing next week here on The Me Show Mission. How are we going to do it? Wait and see. Just you wait and see. But uh, we are going to be both places and we are going to make it fun. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. All right. All um, right. 
Let's get into our show. Let's Vincent. get into our show. Let's get hard into it. We do not have any listener mail. No, week. no, no missives from the missionaries. No, we do not. But we did learn just as we were turning on the camera. Yes. That 2023 is an auspicious movie anniversary. Yes. That may or may not concern us. That's correct, because 2023 is the 30th anniversary of the thriller, The Crying Game. The Crying Game. I know that there is to know about The Crying Game. Remember, that was the Boy George theme. Boy George, he he sang the theme. Was that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, this film... Uh, actually was released in 92, 1992, but that was only in Venice and the UK. Right. And it got its more um, general release. General release in June of 1993. Yeah. This was a movie from 1992, uh, three, like I spoke of, ladies and gentlemen, written and directed by Neil Jordan, starring mm-hmm. Stephen Ray, Miranda Richardson, Andre Dunbar, Ralph Brown, Forrest Whitaker, and Jay Davidson. Jay Davidson. That's right. It's a movie that explored themes of race, sex, nationality, and sexuality against the backdrop of the troubles in Northern Ireland at the time. Davidson, um, well, the, the film follows the character Fergus, played by Stephen Ray, who is a member of the IRA. Mm-hmm. Who has a brief but meaningful encounter with a British soldier, played by Forrest Whitaker, who is being held prisoner by the group. Fergus later develops an unexpected romantic relationship with Jody's lover, Dill, played by Jay, Jay Davison, whom Fergus promised Jody would take care of. Fergus is then forced to decide between what he wants and what his nature dictates he must do. Um, and now... Give people what was the the controversy? Well, not, not the controversy so much, but the story, the bigger backstory behind the Crying Game. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 it's, it's sort of like the um, in Night Shyamalan, where the the twist kind of eclipsed the film itself. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, if the film is good enough. The, the, you don't need the the twist yeah. to pull you in, um, and and you know I think after thirty years we can go ahead. And, yeah, we get spoiled. Right, right. Jay Davidson is a, a tr- plays Dill is a trans woman. Right, Dill is a trans woman, and Stephen Steve Ray's character figures that out mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. and then you know as you said it addresses issues of sexuality and gender, and <clears throat> and it's been a bit controversial. Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of argument about how well it aged or mm-hmm. how well it didn't age. Mm-hmm. Certainly, at the time, I don't think we had the sensitivity and language that's very true to deal with this subject matter mm-hmm. with the sensitivity that you know, in the best case, we do now. But I seem to remember it being a film. You know, full disclosure, I probably haven't seen The Crying Game. In 20 years. Oh, wow. That means you saw it more than once. I only yeah. saw it the one time. Yeah. But I remember enjoying it. Um, I remember enjoying it. I think that's what put Steve Ray on my map. Okay. And Jay Davidson didn't work much 
mm-hmm. after the crying game, he and I, and I do believe he used male pronouns like he he portrayed a trans woman, but I believe he used male pronouns. He was in um, Stargate. Yes. Stargate, which is not a great movie, but he was pretty good in it. Yeah. So. And I mean, he was good in this. He received an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the the crying game. Now, you posited when because you were the one that filled me in. Right. Right. That this may fall under our purview as a black film, because, you know, as you said, it deals with race. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jay Davidson is very much, if not the protagonist, the 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 character you're drawn to the most mm-hmm. in the film. Forrest Whitaker is in it, but if you remember, Forrest Whitaker isn't not, in it a long time. Yeah. So it might be stretching the limits of our definition of a black film. Yeah. But that's, that was my concern about yeah. it. But I mean, there probably maybe is an argument to be made that, see, I don't remember how much, definitely there's talk of his sexuality. Sure. But I don't remember how much of the is, race part, the race part is sure. Played. And and I think you would need that component to win the argument. Sure. To sway it in the other way. But I mean, it's, it's sure. definitely an argument to be made. Yeah. Uh, it's a curio piece. Um, and I don't know, outside of its exercise, whether or not I'd be interested in returning sure, to it. But, sure. you know, hey. Well, you, you know, if, if you've never seen it, I would say it's worth a watch. <sighs> I don't know. I guess so because like but I feel like I really like the performances. I like the performances too, but I guess to me like do when you say does it age well, I'm I'm really wondering how sure, much it ages. Sure. You know, I, I I read a retrospective earlier today and and there's a there's a moment where where people in the trans community have have, have talked about how when Steve Ray characters actually realizes that Dill is trans he he throws up yeah yeah i seem to remember some type of like reaction definitely like a physical reaction right he goes through but the argument is is that the film saying this is something that that would elicit that reaction or is it his character or is the is it the character and certainly the way dill is portrayed throughout the film like, it was in line with his character. And I feel like Dill was the most fully realized character in the film. In the entire movie. Too. Yeah. Um, and this is a movie that put Stephen Ray on my radar. Right. I probably put him on. Right, the right. On radar like, I do remember radar. I was so torn afterwards where I, I wanted these two crazy kids to make it work. <laughs> where I was like, okay, Stephen Ray, I, I understand your reservations. Okay. But I feel like y'all could make this work. Y'all can make it work. Yeah, so. Give love a chance. Give it a chance. Let love rule. Let love rule. Okay. This crazy world. That's right. Okay. All so, right. Okay. anyway, happy anniversary to all involved. Happy anniversary to the crying game. Happy anniversary to the crying game. All right. What else did Neil Jordan direct? Because I feel like I've seen a couple of his films. Oh, he's done. Um, He did the crying game. Um, He created the Borges on um, Showtime, a show that I I kind of had time for. Okay, he directed "We're No Angels" from 1989, 
Um, oh, is that the um where where, where they're pretending to be priests? Priests, Robert De Niro and Sean Penn. I like I we're no that angels. Movie. I watched that movie maybe once every few years. <laughs> I, I really that like that. That movie. is a funny. That is funny a movie. funny movie. Okay. Yeah, he, that that's a good movie. That's a good time. Uh, so he did that. He also uh, did Michael Collins. With Michael Liam Collins Neeson. is good stuff. That was good. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't done it. His most recent movie was from, well, 1920, uh, 2022. He d- he returned to work with Liam Neeson in Marlowe, um, doing a, an adaptation of a Philip Mar- Marlowe Interesting. story. Actually, I might be interested in yeah, checking it out. Yeah, everything you just said about that sounds interesting. Yeah, Liam Neeson. And, okay, so you got Liam Neeson's in it. Jessica Lange. Yeah. That, okay. That actually might be pretty cool. <laughs> right. It's like, oh. Write this down. I was about to say, jot that down. <laughs> Marlo. Right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm with you. All right. Well, shout out to Neil Jordan. Uh, uh, speaking of 1989, ladies and gentlemen, you can go on your podcast catcher of choice. Yes. And you can subscribe to the Michelle Mission Presents The Class ah. of 1989, our new, brand new podcast miniseries, documentary series. Documentary series, that's right. Where we We're documentarians. Look at six months. <laughs> we are. Yes, we're documentarians. That's right. Yes. Um, Give me a tweed jacket. <laughs> I'm not getting you a tweed jacket with the arm patch. I was about to say the, the arm patch and the trail and start smoking a pipe. I'm about to say you're going to get a pipe. That's right. Oh my goodness. And corduroy pants. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the class of 1989. You know, you sound like that on the show. This was a banner year. I know, right? <laughs> you do sound like <laughs> 1989. 1989. It was a, it's a banner year. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Please continue. Yes, the class of 1989, <laughs> a, a six-part documentary series that Vincent and I, along with fellow missionary Maurice Poplar, hey Mo Pop, produced all of last year, and it's finally seeing the light of day. You can subscribe to it on the podcast catcher of your choice, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or wherever, and the show will premiere on March 6th. So that's when the first episode will drop. But subscribe and you can listen to the trailer. Uh, we have some of your favorite past guests of the Michelle Mission are, are talking heads on this documentary as we look at six films from 1989 that had a profound effect on Hollywood and cinema then and now. And those six films would be Do the Right Thing, Driving Miss Daisy. Glory, Lean on Me, Harlem Nights, Harlem Nights, and A Dry White Season. Yes. Six films from 1989, each with their own specific importance in Hollywood that coalesced as the class of 1989. Check that out on the podcast catcher of your choice. Okay? All right. All right. All right. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. My top five is. Top five, where 
I present a list and Vince talks about it. <laughs> yes, as one does. Now. About a list. Previously on the Michelle Mission. <laughs> we featured Ranker.com's listing. I had actually forgotten about that. <laughs> of their top five TV black couples. Right, right. As voted on by their fans. 35-year-old white guys. A theme throughout this episode. I don't think it was 35-year-old Pretty white sure guys. Pretty sure it was 35-year-old white guys. I don't think 35-year-old white guys were on Ranker.com and saw their saw fit to rank Whitley and um, Dwayne Dwayne from a different world I, as the number one black TV couple. Mm. Um, but they did, whoever goes to ranker.com, list them as the number one TV couple. We featured their top five or six last week in a list that, shall we say, Vincent had problems. Oh, just, oh, I, oh, I had the problem. <laughs> you were good with it? Were you good with it? You want to put that in, in like a, a time capsule and, and say that that's the top five? Whatever happened with time capsules? Shouldn't it be like it seemed like we were bearing time capsules all the time when we were kids? Isn't it time to be digging some of them up? Didn't it seem like we were always burying time capsules when we were kids? Okay, so the most recent time capsule would have been buried in probably usually like 18 i think they bury them like every 100 years i think they talked about them i think they only bury them they only bury them like i like we were always burying tom capsules i don't don't think we were vincent i think they were just just a trope it's like tom capsules the bermuda triangle and quicksand i thought would be much bigger issues in my adulthood and and yet bigfoot topped them all (laughs) i mean even that well i thought the bigfoot thing would have been resolved by now well it has been has it? Yes, it uh, has. Did I'm you sorry. not see In Search Of? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, I had the problem with the list. You were good with the list. Well, I had some. Okay, then. Some also some issues. Okay, with, we with had a problem Ranker. with the list. Yes, exactly. of black TV couples. So I promise and I deliver. Yes. Lens top five Black TV couples. All right. All right. All right. Starting with number five. Number five, top black TV couples. Okay. Okay. Which I'm going to be correcting a wrong of mine. Okay. One wrong of mine from last week. Okay. Outside of outsourcing the list. Outside of, right, right. Besides that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? And that is at number five. Number five. Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv from the first season of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I think she was on there more than one season. Okay, well, it, 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 she was at least on the first season, I know. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, something tells me she wasn't on there. She was on there for a while because she got pregnant. The character, Aunt Viv, got pregnant on the show and then they replaced her with new Aunt Viv. Before she had the baby? Yeah. That's a shame. So you know, if she was around long enough to be pregnant with Nikki she was around two or three seasons I think. I don't know if she was around two or three seasons. If only there was some type of miraculous device 
that we could use to see. Dig up the time capsule and see if there's one in there. How long original Aunt Viv was, was on. on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm correcting a wrong from last week, ladies and gentlemen, where I included in my in the listing, because I believe they were number four last week, according to Ranker.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I included in a picture of Daf- uh, Daphne Reed. Right, right, right. And, and, and God bless Daphne Reed. Yeah. I you mean, know, we like Daphne Reed, but, you know, come on. Yeah. You know, I think about her on the Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They're not. We all love Daphne Reed, but ain't nobody think about Daphne Reed on the Fresh Prince. Okay. All right, go ahead. I thought you were looking it up. I wanted to settle. I am looking we, it up before we so. move on. And, and and tell me the actress's name again. Who oh, Janet Hubert. Janet Hubert. That's her. Janet Hubert and Janet Hubert. Yeah, three seasons. Okay, she did three. Yeah, seasons. first three three seasons. So Janet Hubert as Aunt Viv for the first three seasons of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They are my number five black TV couple. Solid couple. That's a solid couple. Solid couple at number five. That's you, solid couple. You, you know, I'm, I'm before we get into it. You know, I always say, did they show them as a couple? And and I think while they showed them as a couple, obviously the Fresh Prince really focused right on Will. Mm-hmm. But they their but they chemistry. Were, yeah. Oh yeah. Right there. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a shame she didn't uh, uh, stay with the show. But hey, she. I think. She does make an appearance on the reboot. I th- no. Sure. Well, see, the funny no, thing doesn't. is, second Aunt Viv does. So, yeah, second Aunt Daphne Viv Reed does. Yeah. Okay. Was Janet Hubert on the first season? I don't remember. Maybe she was. Because I know they've reconciled. They have reconciled. Yeah. They reconciled for that re- reunion. Yeah, for, for the reunion, but yeah. Number four. Number four. Number four. Lens. Lynn. Top five black TV Top couples. Top five black TV couples. Kyle and Maxine from Living Single. It's a good one. This is a good one. Now, they're number four for me because, one, I had a, and still have, a huge crush on Erica Alexander. Good-looking woman. And I just love their, like, their push and pull. Mm -hmm. They're they're joking with one another. The give and take that they had with one another, you know, will they, won't they for so many years on the show. And then when they did, it worked. Yes. Because sometimes that doesn't work. Right, 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 right. Sometimes you moonlight it, yeah. moonlighting it, and then it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, harking back to an, another old series. Um, but this, it worked. And it, and, and, and it, and it felt real and it felt true and it honored both their, um, skills as an actor and the natural chemistry that they had developed over those years. I 100% agree with this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like them as a couple and I like them as a young black professional mm-hmm. couple, which you know, you still don't see that often. Not often. It's usually that then usually because these two, they were definitely on the same right. plane, the same level. Right. You know what I mean? There's right. usually like a little bit of leveling when you see right. it, but it, it's, it wasn't the case here. Right. And it was beautiful. Beautiful to behold. So that's not my number four. Number four. Right, I'm Living. doing good so far? So far, so good. All right. Number three. Number three. George and Louise mm. from the Jeffersons. Like them as a couple. I love them as a couple. Okay. I love them absolutely as a couple couple because just like 
the honeymooners, just like on All in Family, no matter how much bombass George Jefferson threw around that apartment, Mm -hmm. you knew he would melt in front of Wheezy. Mm -hmm. He loved Wheezy. You know what always distracted me about the Jeffersons? What? Always saw Sherman Helmsley and Roxy Roker had more chemistry than Sherman Helmsley and um, Isabel Sanford. Isabel Sanford. See, that's interesting because I did feel the chemistry. Well, first of all, I think the chemistry of that cast, that was a very smart cast. Mm -hmm. So everybody had chemistry Mm -hmm. with one another. I did feel the chemistry between Helmsley and Roxy Roker, but they felt like they were, I could see them going out after the show and getting a drink together, mm-hmm. being good friends. Yeah, okay. I actually felt that Isabel Sanford and Sherman Hemsley as George and Louise Jefferson, actually, their chemistry was, they felt like a married couple to me. Yeah. I, I, I she, really was always, she was also really desexualized to me. And, you know, in real life, she's like 10 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I never really... Like, I, you know, it's the Jefferson. You got to like the Jeffersons. Like, it's sort of in your contract. Mm-hmm. You got to like the Jeffersons. But as a couple, you know, all right, I'm going to go along with it because it's I like I honor, I honor the Jeffersons. But I like them. And, and, and the other thing that I liked about them is that they were so good together that there were episodes, especially later on in the series, mm-hmm. where they were allowed to be a comedy team. Right now, that's true, and and I appreciated that. Yeah, I like that part. You know, yeah, so, you know, she, she gave us good. She got laughs as well. Okay, so okay, I liked it because it would it would have been very easy for her to be just solely the straight man, exactly. in that apartment to George and to um, Tom, not Tom. I'm thinking of uh, Bentley. No, the maid. Florida, not Florida. Um, not Florida. Al- Alice, not Alice. Um, oh, Lord, they about to take our black cards. If that, was, know, a th- if that was a thing that actually existed, we were about to get them taken. How we just forget the name? Florence. Florence. Yeah. Florence. Yeah. I was, I was, and I was, I was seeing Flo, and I was like, no, that's not it. Right, right, that's right. Alice. That's right, the, right, right. But anyway, but it would have been very easy for Wheezy to be the straight man between the two of them. Right. But she got her laughs too. And then there were times that they just bounced off each other as a comedy team. I love them. All right. Uh, George and Louise. Number three. Number two. Number two. Now, this is only going to be controversial because this is indeed a personal selection. Okay. I mean, it's your, your. And it's, but it's my list. There you go. And this is Marcus and Mia mm. from the TV show Love Life. Yeah. Season two. Yeah. Which was on um, HBO. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame we're recommending. You know HBO took it off. I, I know. they And they took it off their, their platform. Yeah. Um, which, which I can only hope means that they are going to eventually like sell it to yeah. someplace else like Netflix or something like yeah. that. And it, it'll it'll air there. Um. But Marcus and Mia were on the second season of of Love Life, which was this anthology series on HBO Max, ladies and gentlemen. They were played by Vincent uh, favorite William Jackson Harper Mm -hmm. 
and uh, Jessica Williams. Also another favorite of mine, quietly. And I, I like yeah. them both as yeah. well. Um, and in this series, it's an anthology, but what it did is it followed one year in the life, uh, in the love life of its protagonist. Mm-hmm. The first season focused on uh, the actress Anna Kendrick. She yes. plays, a, plays a, a young lady who gets married and goes through the whole rigmarole. And it ends with her marriage on in that first season. And Marcus is a guest at her wedding. Right. And then the second season picks up right there, I think, at the reception for the wedding. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it picks up Marcus and it then follows him through that second year. Um, And that is where at, I believe it is on the outside of the reception is where he meets the Jessica Williams character. Right. And their romance develops throughout that whole year. Probably worth noting, Marcus is married at the time. He's married at the time. Well, that's the thing you have to... So that's part of the plot, frankly. Most definitely. And the thing you have to recognize is that this is a show that that primarily follows one person's love life. So Marcus is really our our lead in here. Mm -hmm. But Jessica Williams' Mia becomes an integral part of this season. Yeah. Um, and their romance is, for me, the stuff that dreams are made of. I mean, it's... It's it's it's, it's real. It's, I was about to say, it's very nuanced. It's very real. It's, it's, it's it, raw. It's raw. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just... It's beautiful. It, it really is. It, it, it's beautiful in its depiction. It is beautiful in its in its landing. With this being the only two seasons of this show, it landed perfectly. Yeah. Upon watching this, I recommended this to anyone and everyone that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I just thought it was a pitch perfect, beautiful, yeah. beautiful series. I loved it, and 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 it's left an indelible mark. With yeah. Me. It's good stuff. All right. So that's my number two. Number two. And lest you think I'm suffering from uh, recency bias by choosing Marcus and Mia. Right, right. I bet I know what this, I bet I know what your number one is. Let's see. my number two. Okay. I don't think you're going to guess who my number one is, but I'm going to give you two stabs at it. It's Rock. God damn it. Yeah, it's Rock. I knew it was Rock. (laughs) God damn you, Vince. Uh It's Rock and Eleanor. Yeah, I knew that. From I knew that. Rock. Yeah, I knew it was Rock and Eleanor because they weren't on here yet. How did you how did you know? Because after Cliff and Claire Huxtable, which is my ultimate number one, Rock and Eleanor are the greatest black couple that's ever been on television. My God, yes, they are. They were so 100% authentic in love. Charles Dutton and Ella Joyce, they their chemistry, they looked great. Look, man. Oh, my God. And, dude, from the moment, the first time, it may have, I think it was the first episode, Ella Joyce kisses Rock kiss on, that on, kisses on that big, bald that, head. That big old rock head. I was like, uh. This is the couple right that here. Was, it, yeah, man. and and that show you want to talk about a smart show with nuance, funny, yeah, way before its time. Oh, way oh, before its oh. time. If Rock was 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 a show in the days of streaming, it mm-hmm. would be on its tenth season. Yeah, yeah, such a great. show. It was prestige television years before. Yes, we were talking Pre- about prestige sitcom yeah. television. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. 
It's such, yeah. such a fantastic show. Yeah, like it was, besides, you know, Hill Street Blues. St. Elsewhere. St. Elsewhere, Homicide, Life on the Street. Mm-hmm. And as you said, this was a comedy. Yes. Which I have to say, all of the attempts at kind of prestige comedies, a lot of them weren't actually funny. Rock used to be funny. It used to be funny. It it was. It was. Like it really was it it it, it was a master class. And then in how to how to kind of go between these tones. And then talk about master class. Remember, I think I don't know if they maybe the last couple of seasons That's they, right. did it, they, they did it live. They did it live. Oh they did it live. God. That's right. They sure did. Oh my god. Such a good show. Such a good show. I've told you my rock story. No. Told you my rock story. So I went to see Fences. I think I, you have told When so James Earl again. Jones mm-hmm. was playing Troy. Mm-hmm. Actually went for a class. When we went, the show that we went to, James Earl Jones was sick. Right. And his understudy played Troy. And that was? And his understudy was Charles Dutton. Mm -hmm. But the entire cast of Rock was also in the show. In fact, I think Rockman Dunbar, not Rockman Dunbar, um, what's Rock's Brothers? The actor that plays Rock's Brothers? That's not Rockman Dunbar, is it? Rocky Dunbar? It may be. Hold on. I'm going to tell you and give me two seconds and I will tell you. He plays Troy's brother. He played Troy's brother in Fences. That was Rocky Carroll. Rocky Carroll. He actually played Troy, played Troy's brother. So they played brothers. Oh, wow. In Fences. So then when I saw him on television, I was like, oh, wow. Mm. So, yeah, I love, you know, Baltimore dude. Just shout out the entire cast, that main cast, Charles yeah. Dutton, Ella Joyce, Rocky Carroll, and Carl Gordon. Carl Gordon. The uh, great Carl Gordon. Who plays Rock's widowed father. Yeah. In that phenomenal, phenomenal. Show is rock streaming? That's a good question. If I wanted to watch rock, could I could I go and watch rock? Yeah, yeah, set in Baltimore. He plays a Baltimore garbage collector. Yeah, that's right. Bringing home stuff from trash man, (laughs) trash man. It's of course where we saw Clifton Powell for the first time. Really. Come on, dog. Clifton Powell played the drug dealer. No, but I don't remember that was being like his debut. Oh, my. I mean, that's. I mean, the show was from 1991. Did you know about Clifton Powell before Rock? I just assumed that's where everybody knew him from. I'm trying to think. I I, called him Trash Man. I I wouldn't think Clifton Powell did stuff before that. Not much, mind you. No, 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 no. Yeah, it looks like you can buy it, but I don't think it's streaming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Clifton Powell. Now you gotta look up Clifton Powell. Clifton Powell. Well, he 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 has a small role in House Party in nineteen ninety. Clifton Powell. House Party, House Party too. Because he's party. pinky. House Party. No, you right, you said house party. I'm thinking about Friday. Yeah. Who is he in House Party? It, he doesn't even have his character doesn't even have a name. It's Shireen's brother. 
Um, oh, he sure is. He sure is because he's at the house when they're making the Kool Aid. Right. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Right. Right. And then, of course, he's in Menace to Society. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. He's hungrier than Emma. Make some grits up in there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that this is the movie that uh, the show that put him on. Yeah, um, he was a neighborhood drug dealer. Yeah, all right, all right. So there you go. There you go. Solid list. So I, I did good. With you my did list. good. Did good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Farrell Blackwell says. Um, as far as uh, the number two, which is Marcus and Mia, mm -hmm. nice pick, but I would have liked more episodes that showed them building a life together versus one or two, I think. And, and that, that's that, fair. That's a fair point. But the focus of the show was, to be fair, Marcus. Right. Because he goes through a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. But he, he goes mm -hmm. through some stuff. Yeah. He, he goes through some stuff. Um. But Farrell Blackwell says he didn't see Rock coming, but I gotta admit, if Cliff, Cliff and Claire are going to get bumped, that's the the couple to bump them for. Yeah, yeah. Most because a lot of them, and to, to to his point about um seeing the couple make a life together, it's it's it, it kind of speaks to what you said about um living single. Mm -hmm. and Maxine and um, Kyle. Kyle. You don't see a lot of couples as couples. Like you see the courtship. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes because of, of things like moonlighting or cheers even, when these couples get together, the writers don't really know how to have them as a couple. So one of the great things about Rock is they were a couple and they were loving and, and they went through things and, you know, they were a real couple. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, there you go. All right. All right. That's the key. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to connect two actors of my choice in six movies or less back to that one man TV couple. That one man TV couple, Derville Martin. That's right. That's right. And Vincent, uh, I'm not going to lie. I think this is going to be hard for you. Okay. All right. I think we've got a couple of hard ones. For All right. Time. All right. So. Is there a theme? There is a theme. There is a theme. Uh, we are reviewing You People. Yes. Tonight. You People, which stars uh, along with Jonah Hill and Lauren London, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Two rather successful... Um comedian actors who came out of the world of Saturday Night Live. True. True. So, Vincent. Yes. Would you like a woman who is someone who enjoyed her moment on Saturday Night Live? Okay. Or would you like an actor who people were pretty 
happy to see leave Saturday Night Live. I'll pick the lady. The lady. So we're doing Saturday Night Live cast members. Yes, we are. All right. So in six movies or less. Six movies or less. Connect Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin too. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, d- see. Yeah, I told you. This is where you keep messing up, though. This is where you keep messing up. I messed up? This is where you messed up. Because what you fail to realize (laughs) is that Dervell Martin Mm -hmm. is, of course, in Five on a Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams. Correct. Who is in Mo Better Blues with... um, Denzel Washington. Yes. Who is in Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Yes. Who is in the Green Mile with Michael Clark Duncan. Okay. Who is in Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby with Molly Shannon. <laughs> but you refuse to watch <laughs> Talladega Nights. Colon, the ballad of Ricky Bobby. So you don't know that. I was caught unaware. <laughs> I keep telling you. Not watching Talladega Nights, colon, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, hurts nobody but yourself. But me. I, it is a blind spot that I refuse to look into. Well, you know what? You're going to keep picking people who were in it for fear that I might be blinded. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, <laughs> that was anticlimactic. <laughs> Trying to think what else was Molly Shannon in? Because she didn't get a spinoff movie, did she? Alpha of uh, Saturday Night Live? Uh, yeah. I believe actually she did. It did not do well. Was that the, the, the Catholic girl one? Yes. Superstar. Superstar. 1999. I actually remember Superstar. Who else is in Superstar? Uh, she is in that movie with... Wow. That actually looks like it might be Will Ferrell. I'm about to say, is Will Ferrell, <laughs> is Will Ferrell in Superstar? I think Will Ferrell yeah. is in, is in uh, Superstar with her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right, well, very good. All right, all right. And who was the gentleman who enjoyed a moment on Saturday Night Live, and then they tried to get they, they want him to go. They were happy to see him leave. But is this is this from the infamous year? No. Okay. No, 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 all right. No. Who's this? This would be Chevy Chase. Oh, Chevy Chase, because he's an asshole. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> So how do I want to get to Chevy Chase? How do I want to get to a Chevy Chase movie? Okay. This is how I will get to Chevy Chase. Duraville Martin is 
in. Okay, here you go. Here you go. This is how I'm going to get to him. And this is going to be a, a weird little path. So Derville Martin is, of course, in the final come down with um, Billy D. Williams, mm-hmm. who is in Empire Strikes Back with Carrie Fisher. Okay. Who is in the Blues uh, Brothers. I know where you're going. With John Belushi, mm-hmm. who is in Caddyshack. No. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not in Caddyshack. But she is in the Blues Brothers with, um, oh, shit, Bill Murray isn't in the Blues Brothers. No, he's not in the Blues Brothers. But she's in the Blues Brothers with, because um, I, I think I still have space, don't I? What, I, what have I done so far? You did Billy D. Billy D. So you did- Carrie Fisher. So you got space. Yeah, so Billy D, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is in um you're in the right place. Is in the Blues Brothers with um this might be the long way, but it's fun. Mm-mm. With um Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. who's in Ghostbusters with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. who's in um Caddyshack with Chevy Chase. Very good. Yeah. You went one movie over. Extra. You didn't have to go to. Because Chevy Chase in. Because when once you got to um Blues Brothers with Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. then you can go Dan Aykroyd to Spies Like Us, where he stars opposite Chevy Chase. You know what? I hate Spies Like Us. With good reason. It's a horrible movie. I hate Spies Like Us so much. That until this exact second, I had erased it from my mind. I wish I could. Yeah, I hate Spies Like Us. It's a bad movie. Chevy Chase is actually a good choice because besides Fletch, I don't really like Chevy Chase movies. That star him. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, the Chevy Chase. Caddyshack. Right, 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 right. Caddyshack. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not really a Chevy Chase. That's what I'm saying. So, like, the ones where he's... Right, right. I'm saying, right, the Chevy Chase vehicles. Right. Right. Like, the National Lampoon Vacation movies have never done anything for me at all. Okay. The Christmas Vacation one, I did. I remember finding funny. I, I just... And I laugh at him in spite of myself in Three Amigos. I always forget he's the third amigo. Yeah, I, and I, I think they wish he was. I always forget he's the th- he's he's actually. You know, here's a theme that's going to come up again this, tonight. I actually don't get the Chevy Chase thing. Me neither. Like I just don't get. Like I feel like people have been telling me Chev- Chevy Chase is a thing my whole life. But yeah. I've never really understood it. And and then and quite as kept, I didn't understand it on Saturday Night Live. I didn't understand <laughs> it on Saturday Night Live. Like, I always got him mixed up with Bill Murray. Because in my head, Bill Murray was the one mm-hmm. who should have immediately have been the breakout. Well, he wasn't there the first year. Well, he replaced Chevy Chase. Right. When I found out he replaced Chevy Chase, it just confused me. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I look at old episodes with Chevy Chase, like he's tall and he's an asshole. Yeah. Like that's his whole that's his whole stick. That's his whole stick. And it gets over on uh weekend update. So he he gets that over. Look, but I'm Chevy that, Chase and you're not. I've never understood why that was funny. I, I, just being a dick. So I, I've I, never. And then when he was on Community, I thought maybe he was kind of making fun of himself. But then the more you read about him behind the scenes of Community, that was actually him. Mm. So, yeah, I've, yeah, Chevy Chase is a good choice because I'm never... Looking at any, I did like him in Fletch though. So there you go. Yeah, I like Fletch. See, and and I every once in a while can sit through Christmas Vacation. So yeah. and Three Amigos. Three Amigos is real good, but again, I always think Three Amigos. Well, I actually, always think it's Steve Martin and Martin Short. Martin. Like I always forget he's the third Amigo. He's, he's the third one. Yeah, and he's, the, and he's not Larry. He's just yeah. The he's third. Guy. He's just a third Amigo. He, he's he's Joe Besser. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Saturday Night Live is a good pool to draw from. I thought you were going to go that 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 year with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, Robert and, Downey Jr., and, uh, Gordon um, Godfrey, Gordon I mean, uh, like, Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. And Charles Rocket. Yeah, that year. Mm, uh, that, was, no. that was a tough year. That yeah, was a very tough year. That was a tough year. It almost killed the show. <laughs> almost killed the show. <laughs> almost killed the show. So, yeah, no. I didn't go there. <clears throat> All right. But All very right. good, Vincent. All right. Now it's time for us to get into our review that you demanded. <laughs> Netflix, you people. You people. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Ezra, what are you up to these days? Got a girlfriend? No. But you don't like getting pushy? Hearing the word pussy come out of your mouth does make me question whether or not I like it. Back again, up in I'm never gonna meet a woman who understands me. I don't think I've heard of a man ever who wanted to be in a relationship so badly besides Drake. And I'm talking Views Drake. They hit it loud. I feel like Views Drake, alone on a building, dangling my legs off, wondering what it's like to feel companionship. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? What are you doing? Oh God, Stop! Help! I'm being attacked! You okay? But you're not getting five stars. You're this not is... an Uber driver. I mean, honestly, you guys are twins. Oh my God, wait, she really does look like me. I'm sorry, this was insane. Let me make it up to you. You're dating a black girl? I've never felt so understood by somebody in my entire life. Whether you like it or not, we kind of go together now. You're my boo, come on. I'm gonna ask her to marry me. Do you plan to talk to her family? Yeah, I just haven't had the chance to meet them. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you? This is your white granddaddy come back to haunt me. What? Now this is my fault? <clears throat> so you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, Ezra, you could try. But they hate me. Can you honestly say that your family's excited to have my black ass in the picture? <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. I think the police okay. are fucked up towards black people. 
I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit had braids. <sighs> We've built a pretty awesome life together. We just need to protect it. Oh, so you're all Muslim. Very much so. I love it. Well, this kufi that I'm wearing was actually a gift from the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. Mm. Are you familiar with the minister's work? Well, I'm familiar with what he said about the Jews. You know what, let's have dinner. What's the difference between me and you? You talk a good one, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. Your family, my family. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, we were technically OG slaves. Are you trying to compare the Holocaust to slavery? We lost the potatoes. Our people came here with nothing like everybody else. It's a very uncomfortable conversation. Are you kidding me? Did we ever figure out what happened with the potatoes? Are you kidding me? ETA on those? What's the difference between me and you? Hey, uh, what's up with white cuz? Am I white cuz? Well, I'm not. I'm white cuz for sure. You people at 2023 romance slash buddy slash comedy is about a new couple and their families and how they reckon with modern love amid culture clashes, societal expectations, and generational differences. Directed by Kenya Barris from a script by Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris. You People stars Jonah Hill as Ezra, a man who has fallen in love with Amira, played by Lauren London. Their lives are complicated by their parents. London's parents, the always welcome Nia Long and Eddie Murphy. And Hill's parents, played by David Duchovny and Julia Louise Dreyfus. You People was the choice of Lynn Webb. Channeling You People. Lynn, Mm -hmm. what do you have to say about You People? This was a uh, very rough film to get through. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, It's a... A lot of people have a lot of time for Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris, uh, most more popularly known and most popularly known as the writer and director and creator of Blackish. Yes, yes, was long running ABC uh, TV sitcom and in the Blackish universe. It, yes, grownish, mixish, mixish. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was a show that you know a lot of people enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Showed black families, black life, um, unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. But it was a show that, over time, it, it quickly wore out its welcome for me because it became maybe a hair too cute. Okay, and um, and whereas. It was a show, and I'm speaking about Blackish primarily, that started with trying to show not a super realistic world, because it was a comedy, but at least have a, a grounded world of a black middle class family. Mm-hmm. It quickly became just a whole lot of 
tropes with me that made no sense. Okay. Like I tuned out on the show where when they said that the, the grandparents who no longer were a couple were, had moved in with the, with the family. Okay. Um, and not because they were ill or sick. They were very lively, energetic, you know, forward moving people, but just because. Right. And and to me, that all right, you just moving in just because of the dictates of the show. Sure. And you want to have Lawrence Fishburne, who plays the father. Yes. Uh, and um, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Which, oh, you know, understandable. Oh, understandable. But, okay, can we write something that makes sense? And sure. And it made no sense to me. And then, sure. And then as it just kept on going on, it just became more cute and cute. And I was like, I, I, I checked out on the show. Okay. God bless their success. Not hating on their success. The show is no longer for me. Sure. And I never really got into mixish or mm-hmm. grownish. Mm-hmm. You know, God bless them for whatever they were. People said they enjoyed them. God bless. All right. But the Kenya Barris um, experiment, it it wore thin on me with blackish. And then I just couldn't take much more of him. Okay. Um, you know, after Blackish, he follows Blackish by doing Black AF. Yes. On Netflix. Right. Which was basically, to me, it, he wrote and directed and starred in it. Mm-hmm. But it basically was him trying to recreate Blackish. Yes. And it was just did not work. He, right. He is not an actor. Right. Um, and it, I was like, yo, this this is this is not hit, hitting for me either. And mm-hmm. it was more now it's now it was tired blackish. Right. So and 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 I quickly grew um tired not only of his shtick, but of the of the look of a Kenya Barris production. Looks okay. very slick, um very almost like high definition uh, camera work, a lot of like super cuts, you know, in the middle to try to try and set the scene before Mm -hmm. we go to another little scene. And, and it shows quickly just became stitched together scenes as opposed to any one cohesive story or sure or narrative. Sure. And that is what is in play here. Okay with you people okay now he writes this with jonah hill yes but it very definitely has a lot of the the uh kenya barris uh patois it feels like a kenya barris it feels like the the, the fire you know jokes the the way the jokes set up the way the scenes play out it feels very much like a first draft Kenya Barris script. Um, And this is his feature film directorial debut, but he still more or less is doing TV. Right. It's the same slick look. It's the same stitched together scene to scene after scene, which with not one real true engaging narrative to hold it together at the end of the the story posits Jonah Hill, a Jewish stockbroker, stockbroker, um, slash podcaster, right, podcaster, who 
falls for this young woman, Amira, mm-hmm. who is a costume designer. Apparently. Apparently. I think you get a scene with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, falls for her and then finds his way that he wants to uh, marry her and thus the, the 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 different families have to meet. He's Jewish, she's Muslim. Family's got to meet. They've got all these cultural differences. Hilarity ensues. That's the premise. That's of the premise movie. and the plan. And that's basically the plan of of this. And that basically is the plot of yeah. this movie. Yeah. There's not any real other overarching theme that they're trying to investigate here. If you want to say that there's um, religious differences between the Jewish and the Muslim Muslim faiths. Okay, but are they doing any real true interrogation of them? No. No, it's all no. lip service yeah. for the most part. Are they doing an, an investigation of the interracial thing between a white man and a black black right. woman? Not really. No. There's some lip again, lip service played to all this stuff, you know, but there's no real true in, interrogation of it. Sure. Okay, then is there a uh is this at its heart a romantic movie? Mm. No, not no, really. No, no. And because the first thing you need in a romantic movie is that you need your two leads that are going to be romantically inclined. Yes. They gotta look like they like each other. Yes. They gotta look like they're a couple. Yes. There has to be something that I think I what did I learn in um high school? Chemistry. Chemistry. There is absolutely no chemistry between Jonah Hill and Lauren London. Yeah, yeah. At all. And if you think I'm making it up, ladies and gentlemen, the kiss that closes out the movie (laughs) at the wedding is special effects. Yeah, that's that's a true thing, folks. It never happened. Yeah, it was CGI. It was CGI. CGI'd. The wedding kiss. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent true. Because there's no chemistry at all between these two people. Yeah, yeah. none. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Then, okay, well, what is the story? You you just mentioned it. Lauren London is a costume designer. We only get one scene of her. Uh, being a costume designer and that's her going for a job and not getting it yeah jonah hill we're introduced to his family we're at uh, we're at the synagogue we're at his job we're at his podcast studio um he's got a a, what seems like a a halfway decent job where he's stacked a lot of chips he must have stacked a lot of chips because he's leaving that job to do podcasting yes and it's a podcast about culture, the, the, the culture. The, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, and just, he and he's the lead of this podcast about the culture, the culture. Yeah, you know uh, that he does with his partner Mo, played by Sam, Sam, uh, Sammy J. Yeah, Sam J. Yeah. Um, that stretches credibility a great deal as a podcaster oh it's a lot of credibility to stretch <laughs> with this film um but just the fact that this we are supposed to to ride or die for this white jewish 35 year old doing a podcast about the culture the culture because 
he realizes why he can never understand. He'll never know what it is to be a black man. Sure. I did grow up with hip hop. Yes. I yes. grew up with the culture. Yeah. And yeah. He what, did. He this did. This is what uh, formed, he did. formed who I am. He did. And, and, and certainly there aren't many 35 year old white men who grew up with hip hop. So he's a bit of a unicorn. <laughs> Apparently. He's a bit of a unicorn. You can tell because he wears Jordans. He wears Jordans. He wears Jordans. He's he, sh- he, 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 he shops at re- ridiculously overpriced places. Sneaker stores. Sneaker stores. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Why? Because he was a stockbroker. Yeah, I don't know how many 35 year old white men you've ever seen with Jordans, but I don't know. Maybe you've never been outside. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. I, I mean, look, this this movie just it and it pisses me off. One of the beautiful things about a romantic comedy is the meet cute. Do you know what the meet cute is? Mm-hmm. The meet cute is when the two couples, the couple first meet. Yes. Together, right? Well, the quote unquote meet cute of you people happens when Lauren London, who has just broken up with some boy. Yes leaves mm-hmm. and gets lost on her on her gps yes I, we don't know where she's trying to go it, it doesn't we, matter we were led to believe that she was going home yeah perhaps back to her parents at least someplace where she already lived yeah right from her boyfriends but she needed the gps Yes. Which got her turned around. Got her turned around. Which makes no sense. So then it turns her around. And next thing you know, she's in the parking lot out front of the brokerage firm where Jonah Hill works. Who just happens to be leaving at this moment. Yeah. We're t- we are led to believe that he's expecting an Uber ride out, out front. Not because we saw him picking up an Uber, but because he gets into the backseat of her car, expecting that it's an Uber. It, it's a, it's his Uber. All the, you know, oh my God, this is, this is my car. I'm not their Uber driver. She looks like the Uber driver, all this type of stuff. And then he says, well, hey, 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 hey. How about I'll show you how to get out of here because obviously you're lost. Sure. He had no way of knowing that she was lost look. because he had just gotten into the car and she had just pulled over. He had absolutely no reason to know that she was lost. You, 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 you're putting more thought into this than the script did. Well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I wanted so much to like this because I'm, I'm, I don't mind Jonah Hill as an actor. Yes. I like Jonah Hill and a lot of things that I've seen him, I've I seen need, him do. I need to know what these lot of things are. He's well, like, I think he's great in The Wolf, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I keep hearing about him in The Wolf of Wall Street. You haven't seen it. I, I, you're right, I haven't. He's I haven't. good in The Wolf of That's Wall Street. That's what everyone keeps telling me, but the clips I've seen, I just <laughs> feel like people have been trying to sell me on this Jonah Hill thing since super bad. And I, he's good. I, that's what y'all keep telling I want to like Lauren London. And I don't know whether or not this is just her not being given anything to do, because she's not giving much to do. But what she's giving her to do, she's not doing much with. And then, you know, I love Nia Long. Nia Long is given absolutely nothing to do in this movie. Yeah, I got a theory about that. Nia Long maybe has five lines. Yeah, I got a theory. Um, And I have, I have my theory about this is that 
that is just basically stunt casting. They just want to put a name. They they found a name. Eddie Murphy approved it. Um, she gets to write off on her bucket list that she plays Eddie Murphy, the wife of Eddie Murphy in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Uh, David Duchovny is in another movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, don't give me, I think he actually had, gets off some funny lines. Mm-hmm. But they make no. They're they're from another movie. This movie is not that tone mm. at all. And then you get to Julia Louis Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. two excellent actors. Yes, very funny people. Yes, two people who reading the phone book. Yes, are funny. Yes, they are so so wasted in this movie julia louis dreyfus is trying a little bit too hard to get a script that she you can tell she immediately realizes is beneath her and she's trying to get it over and eddie murphy is he he is not on cruise control he is just sitting in the car he is not doing anything bringing anything to this movie and it makes sense because his character makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. His character, we talk about names that um, white people give black characters in their movies because yeah. they think that's the name we give them. His, his name, what's his Muslim name? Akbar. Akbar. Yeah. Akbar. The, the, I think, I, I only hope that it was Jonah Hill that came up with that name and not Kenya Barris yeah. that came up with But in your heart, you know it was Kenya. You know it was Kenya. No, it was Kenya Barris. Yeah. You know it was Kenya Barris. The only person who really does not embarrass themselves in this movie is who? Mike Epps. Yeah. Because yeah. for what he's doing, look, Mike Epps is he's, 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 he's Mike Epps is a good actor. Look, he's funny in this movie. Look, look, but the rest of this movie is such a waste of time. Look, everything you just said. I think, quite honestly, I think Kenya Barris has been stretched too thin, probably since the second season of Blackish. Okay. Like, I 100% agree with you that it has been diminishing returns from Kenya Barris. Mm-hmm. But I also know he's been doing a lot. And a lot of what he has done, there's a there's a moment, you know, again, second, maybe third season of Blackish, where his scripts seem more like sketches mm-hmm. than actual scripts. As you said, the 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 great, great problem of this film, which builds itself as a romance, as this interracial romance, and interracial romance. What you have to buy is that this is a couple that will that is so much in love that they will go against all the societal forces against them. So you mentioned there is absolutely zero chemistry mm-hmm. between these two. I'm going to go along with this Jonah Hill thing. I've never understood Jonah Hill. I don't think Jonah Hill has any charisma. I don't think, you know, I don't think the Jonah Hill type is the type that I see, frankly, pulling women. <laughs> like Jonah Hill, I'm sure does all right. But Jonah Hill type, I don't get it. 
Lauren London. I love Lauren London. You love Lauren London. We all love what Lauren London has done for the culture as new new in ATL. Mm-hmm. But Lauren London ain't never been nobody's actor. Yeah. And 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 to have these two in the center of these thing of this thing is a complete mistake. And you're talking about the CGI. The script knows that this relationship is not one that you can build a movie out of because they montage their courtship. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. What you don't talk about after they get picked up in the cab and they have the meet cute, you don't actually see them get to know each other. No. The film fast forwards to now he wants to propose, Mm -hmm. which I have to say, well, it does take time for them to seemingly like the first time they have sex. Like you don't see the sex, but they're in the they're under the blanket. What is what, what, what is what, what is that? Uh, is that two minutes? No, I'm I'm just. I saying. mean, is it two minutes that I'm, you're talking about? I'm just saying. I'm saying in a film about this relationship, the entire she gets in the car to. He's talking about, I want to propose, so I need to go talk to her parents. Is it five total minutes? It's not super long. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're right. And in the film's defense, I don't actually have a problem with that strategy. Mm -hmm. Because no one (laughs) is coming to this film to see Jonah Hill, to see Lauren London, to see David Duchovny. I love her. You love her. Ain't nobody coming to this movie to see Julia Louise Dreyfus. People are coming to this movie to see Eddie Murphy. He is the selling point of this movie. And as you said, it is, it is so criminal. It is actually confusing Mm. how Eddie Murphy is wasted in this film. Much like you, I admired the effort that Julia Louise Dreyfus put in. And I felt like there was a ver- there's a version of this movie that digs a little deeper, mm-hmm. that has somebody playing Lauren London's part who is, you know, frankly, a better actor. Where it, it like there's something there about this super liberal white woman who has all of these blind spots. And it's actually racist. And it's almost a version of the white couple in in um Get Out, mm-hmm. but without the body snatching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can tell Julie Louise Dreyfus is up for that. Yeah. yeah. But you don't get it. Yeah. yeah. And then you get these long stretches of the film without Eddie Murphy or Julia Louise Dreyfus. I have to say. I think the product you get, you, you're right that that it, it does seem like he's he's on cruise control. But I, you're talking about Eddie Eddie Murphy. But my read of that is that that is more of the fault of the direction. That's fair enough. Because I think Eddie Murphy is going for deadpan. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, which is is a very generous kind of performance where he's leaving space for the other actors, which as we've talked about, we talked about it on, on, on an episode of um, the class of 1989. There's, there's a pattern of Eddie Murphy where he gets into a mode where he leaves space 
for other actors. As you said, Eddie Murphy and Mike Epps, that is a glorious scene. Mm -hmm. My one actual laugh out loud moment in this film, Dion Cole plays a wedding planner. Oh, yes, that's right. And you can tell that Dion Cole is just riffing and yep. going for, and Eddie Murphy is hyping him up mm-hmm. and going. And there's a line where Dion Cole says, and this is what this is the only thing I've repeated from this film since I've seen it. Dion Cole says he's got forty Tron suits. <laughs> he got forty suits that look like what the people wore in Tron, and if you got more than forty, they can't be in the wedding party. And then <laughs> off camera. He said, because he says, I have all these Tron suits and I got them in different colors and y'all can wear them. And off camera, Eddie Murphy yells out, I want a red one. (laughs) I laughed so hard at Eddie Murphy yelling out, I want a red one. But then the scene is over. I know. So, spoken of again. So, plot wise, the couple, of course, breaks up you know there's always going to be a breakup the film fast forwards three months yeah because the breakup which you're waiting for the entire movie doesn't happen until the last third of the last third of the movie which is important because it fast forwards three months and then you know of course they reconcile but they reconcile because lauren london's father eddie murphy Mm -hmm. and jonah hill's mother Julia Louise Dreyfus mm-hmm. apparently have formed this sort of begrudging friendship in that time and have decided to bring this couple back together. And I almost yelled at my TV, how in the hell do you tell me that Julia Louise Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy spent a considerable amount of time together mm-hmm. and you don't show it? I know. How do you have Eddie Murphy and Julie Louise Dreyfus and you don't, as you said, show them at AHOP. They meet at AHOP. Mm-hmm. Just set up the camera. Yep. Miss Dreyfus, Mr. Murphy, we don't have no script. Y'all know your characters. This is where it starts and this is where, this you where it ends. End. We just gonna run the camera. Go. It It is cinematic malpractice. Neil Long the problem with Nia Long in this film is that Nia Long is supposed to be playing Lauren London's mother. mother. Again, love, you know, look, she was new, new in ATL, but Lauren London is Lauren London and Nia Long is Nia Long. <laughs> and we joke and ha ha and chuckle, chuckle, but there's a reason Nia Long is Nia Long. There's a moment in the film where Lauren London is with her girlfriends and her cousins, and they're like the young, you know, they're young, they're Gen Zs and millennials. Yeah, the bachelorette party. And Nia Long walks up on them, and gravity shifts (laughs) towards Nia Long. That's true. That's very true. You can't have Nia Long around Lauren London that much. That's true. Because she completely eclipses her. Mm Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of decisions that, again, I feel like there wasn't as much attention paid to just 
the moment to moment construction of the film. I know. You know, you talked about the podcast thing that doesn't make any sense. You talked about the, the, the depiction of Islam that doesn't make any sense. Do you know the two words that kept popping in my head when they were about these plot points that, don't, you know, Jonah Hill is a 35 year old white man who likes hip hop culture as if every 35 year old white man in America don't like hip hop culture. I kept thinking this seems like something Tyler Perry would have written. Oh, wow. Like I was like, has Kenya Barris been rich so long mm. that he is actually just out of touch with reality. That's interesting. Like he just doesn't understand how stuff works anymore. Well, he doesn't understand human behavior. Right. At least this movie doesn't give a, a, right. a hint to that because there's something that happens like, they go through the whole movie and the the the, the blind spots of the mother, Shelly, mm-hmm. played by Julie Louis Dreyfus, and the aggressive, I don't know what you want to call assholeness of Akbar, played yes. by Eddie Murphy. They're right there, right? The the couple, they're dealing with this throughout the entire movie. Okay, from all of them. And then it is at the rehearsal dinner for their wedding that both of them at that point realized, look, this can't go on. I am not going to take any more of this. You talk about behavioral malpractice. Um, We're not even going to talk about what guy goes on a bachelor party with his, with his boys and the father-in-law tags along making no sense because it's going to Vegas and the boys don't realize that they got to be on like curb their behavior a little bit in front of father-in-law. Right. I don't even want to right. talk guys on that. So they decide at the, at the um, rehearsal dinner that they're both, they independently decide they're going to stand their ground and, and Amira, Lauren London's character, has it out with um, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and Jonah Hill tells off Eddie Murphy, Akbar. This happens at the rehearsal dinner for their wedding. This is where they both decide to stand their ground. Yes. Right? Which thematically and narratively makes a little sense because look, we're about to go get married. So you need to deal right or or not or not yeah you know or face the consequences so that makes sense for them to do that but then after their their scene they both go to one another now go off to the side and they both decide now's the time for us to end the relationship yeah that makes absolutely no right. sense. Right. It's just the movie needed them to do this, this now. needed to break yeah. them up. Mm-hmm. This needed to break them up. Yeah. And and that was another moment. I mean, by then, I, I'm already checked out I was out about to say at that point. Yeah. But it, but that made so zero sense, man. Yeah. Um, and then you have to wrap it up with like the three months later and they actually Akbar and Shelly actually come to their senses because they are listening to his podcast, which we show is now like gotten bigger and looks like it's going to be like on a TV set or something right, like right, that. Right, 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 right. I'm like, get the yeah. 
dude, this movie just it it it's just really not a well done. Yeah, and it's again, it's so frustrating. You, you know, you talked about I, I just talked about Eddie Murphy with L- Julia Louise Dreyfus. You, you mentioned Eddie Murphy with Mike Epps. Um, I you know I just said about Eddie Murphy with with Dion Cole. David Duchovny, I think is is actually a funny guy. You know, we talk he about is. Mia Long didn't have anything to do. David Duchovny doesn't have anything to do. There there are. Like there are actors in 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 players here that you can do something with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't understand why these are the pieces that Kenya Barris has, and this is what he decided to do with them. Like like you get the sense you you know he's he's attained this level of success. And prestige mm-hmm. so that he can get Eddie Murphy to sign on to something. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote the script to coming to America. So they have this relationship already. I forgot about that. Julie Louise Dreyfus, as you said, a comic legend. Mm-hmm. You get her like you get her to sign on to something. Why am I spending all this time with Jonah Hill in Lauren London? Well, Farrell Blackwell asked a very interesting question, and I see the people going on about it in the chat. Did we discuss the elephant in the room that fresh coming off of coming to America, which was a flop, he says. Uh, I don't know whether or not it was necessarily a flop, but we can discuss whether or not it was a good movie. Right. Does Eddie still have the comedy chops? And that, I think that is a fair, I think that is definitely a fair question because um, one of the things that I realized in coming to America, and even Dolomite is, my name is Dolomite. Eddie is, in Dolomite, he's definitely, he's acting. Mm-hmm. He's sharing the laughs with the, with the, with the ensemble. Right. Right. And he gets some laughs on his own. But coming to America, he definitely, I think, sleepwalked through a lot of yeah. that movie. Yeah. Um, and if we're arguing that he's sleepwalking a little bit through this movie, because it was interesting in the beginning of this movie, there's a scene where, first of all, you're supposed to feel menace when he walks into this cafe to meet meet his kids and then when he sits down in his kids he starts doing this this riff on what all the people in the um cafe mm-hmm. and he's trying to do it in character and like you said i think he may be trying to go for a bit of a deadpan mm-hmm. delivery uh um of the character but it, but what he's doing also sounds like it easily could be Eddie Murphy, the comedian, trying out a bit. Right, okay. You might hear him do on stage. And while he's definitely in a a different speed as he's delivering it, he ain't getting it over Mm -hmm. at all. And there are moments in this movie where I think he's meant to get over some comedic moments, and he's not really getting them over. Outside of that one scene you pointed out with Dion Cole... And he's good with Mike Epps. He's good with Mike Epps, but he definitely is the straight man 
with right. Mike Epps right. because of th- that's how their character dynamic is supposed right. to be. But there are scenes where he's with Jonah Hill, especially when he takes Jonah Hill to like the the um, the Crip barbershop yeah. and stuff. He's supposed to be, and then their basketball court. He's supposed to be having some, getting some laughs there. And I don't, I don't think he really is delivering it. Yeah, I think Eddie Murphy is a master comedian. I don't know, man. I, don't, I, I, think, I think he is, and but that doesn't I, mean that I, he hasn't lost his and fastball. I disagree with you. I think he slept walk through coming to America, but I felt like he was going for something in here, and the script in the film. And, the, and so, yeah, th- okay. Like right. I think a different director, you would have gotten something different in this. Okay, Maybe and the reason director pushes him. And frankly, the reason I'm adamant about that is because of his performance in coming to America. Okay. Where I said, now that's this is him sleepwalking. Okay. And I actually think he's funny in Dolomite. No, I do think yeah, he's funny, I think in, he's Dolomite. funny in Dolomite. I think yeah. he, I think after that he kind of like starts. Yeah. But I mean, Dolomite was what two years ago, three years ago. No. Okay. Well, three, three years is three years, I mean, man. I mean, all right, Janet Jackson. I know you know what have you done for me lately, but well, it's not okay. like he made something funny in '94 and okay, he ain't but, seen him. Okay, but Dolomite was supposed to be like. Like just like Dreamgirls was supposed to be like okay the second coming right. of, of Eddie Murphy and it sure. doesn't really take yeah I don't yeah I, right I don't know that I get the I got the feeling coming to America he almost strikes me as like your uncle who does a trick that everybody loves and then you keep asking him to do the trick and the thirty seventh time he does the trick. Like he does the trick, but he's like, you know, he's just sort of walking through it. And that's coming to America. And that's coming to America. Okay, but but my argument, and I think a lot of people's argument would be that coming off of Dolomite. He should have made a different decision. He should have made a different yeah. decision. Well, I mean, that's that's different than he's not good at what he does. Well, he just I, makes bad decisions. I, which, that's something that has also been throughout his career. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. So would you recommend that people see you people? You know, I want to, because regardless of what we all, we said, I actually, I actually pulled for Kenya Barris. Like I actually want Kenya Barris to win. Of course. He doesn't make it easy for me to want him to win. He does not. I'm going to have to say. Even though an argument can be, he won. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I think you should skip this one. Yes, hard skip. Yeah, I think yeah, I think hard pass. Yeah, I think this is a hard pass. I think this is this is at at the best moment. It is a pedestrian film, Mm -hmm. and certainly there's too much to watch for you to waste time with a pedestrian film. Yeah, and oftentimes. It it is amateurish and not well done. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I I agree, ladies and gentlemen. Don't watch you people. You people don't watch you people. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. All right. Next, uh, before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, well, we already told you we're reviewing a warm December. A warm December. Next week here on the Me Show Mission, and we will be screening it at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute in Bryn Mawr, PA, as well. Next Tuesday, February 28th, we're going to be doing the show. We're going to be screening the film. How we're going to do it, tune in and see. 
and then tell me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com and hit swag and check out all of the cool designs we have available for your download of streaming pleasure by way of our good friends at T public. You can leave us a voicemail, ladies and gentlemen at two one five eight six seven nine six six six. Tell Vincent Lynn what's on your mind. Email the Michelle mission at Michelle mission at gmail.com. Like, and follow us on all your social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michelle mission subscribe on YouTube. The Michelle mission is available on YouTube. Um, subscribe to our show, which is going to look all spanking new in March. Cannot wait. And wherever you uh, like the Michelle Mission, please give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people find our show, which is a proud member of The Podglomerate. Thepodglomerate.com They make podcasts work and they are also the co-producers of the class of 1989. Yes. Our new documentary series that you can subscribe to and follow on your podcast catcher of choice so you do not miss one episode when they debut March 6th. Go check out the trailer and tell us what you think because we think you're going to enjoy what we have to tell you. All right. Next week a warm December. After that it's March. New home bigger better things (laughs) onward and upward onward and upward until then he's vince i'm len and in parting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again